Oh my gosh. Good evening, Jessica. We are here on the Virtual Cup podcast and it's number 12 already. Yay. I was trying to think of a rhyme for 12, but I don't have one. <laughs> so moving along, uh, today we're talking about God is our rock. And Meredith and I were reminiscing uh, as we were planning this show about a time in our lives where we felt alone. And we've actually had a shared uh, kind of have the same experience. Meredith, do you want to, do you want to share? Yes, absolutely. Jessica, you know, in this whole Lenten season, you know, we talk about being in the desert. We talk about dryness. We talk about, you know, um, sacrifice, giving things up. Um, but I think aside from Lent, there are many times in my life where I've felt a little bit in the desert, a little bit alone. And, and, you know, the theme, you know, you know, God is our rock. I, I go back to college and I remember thinking, I can't wait to go, go. I can't wait to go to college and um, it's going to be so great. And there's going to be people everywhere and it's going to be just this big life-giving party all the time. And well, truth be told, a lot of people went home on the weekends where I attended school and I found myself alone a lot. And I was far enough away from home and I didn't have a car that I, I wasn't someone that went back and forth. And I really had an opportunity to experience alone and quiet, um, you know, being from a family of six kids and a mom and a dad, you know, there was always activity in our home. And what I realized, and, and, and as we reflected today, Jessica is like, I had the church. So on the river falls campus, there's a, a building called the Newman center. And so it was a Catholic church on campus. And I found myself there every weekend and it was often quiet but it was this physical space that felt like a hug from God to me. And it was a recognizable space. Like I didn't bring any of my friends from, from high school and all the sports that I was in, the clubs. I was really, really alone. You know, I wasn't dating anyone there, um, but I had God. That was the one constant. And so I recognized and realized now that that was really important and really key Um in a time when I really kind of otherwise would have felt alone, but there was something about going to mass, going to that building and just knowing that God was there and God was everywhere I went. And, and that space reminded me of it. I went away to college. I went to UW Madison and a little further away from home and same thing, excited, couldn't wait to go excited to get away from the family and be on my own. And I remember vividly, in my dorm room, probably three weeks in, you know, missing everything. I even missed my little brother, you know, <laughs> that's getting serious. <laughs> miss, miss everything that you don't think you're going to miss, but you know, just homesick, homesickness. But same as you, Meredith, I went to the Newman center on campus and was there every, every weekend, usually on Sunday mornings. And I usually snuck out. I don't, I think I was just felt like I would be judged if people knew I was going to church. And that's a sad statement on me, but that's why I'm working on humility. And, uh, but that was my rock. That was my, you know, the church, the service, the mass is the same, no matter where you go. And that, mm -hmm. that clarity, that comfort, we went every weekend growing up. So having that, that uh, grounding to my week was really vital for me to feel, um, a sense of peace, a sense of belonging, a sense of uh, safety, comfort, faith. And I, like I said, I think 
my whole four years, I never really invited anybody to go with me. And that's, that's unfortunate, but, but that was a, that was a rock for me for sure. Well, and, and just, you know, you bring up such a good point. It's like, there's so many distractions and there's so many, you know, unknowns. It's like that church, that space was, was a constant and it was recognizable and it was familiar. Um, Our Bible verse that we chose today from Psalm 136, verse 26 Oh, give thanks to the God of heaven for his mercy endures forever. You know, God has just this eternal and steadfast love for us. And if someone's listening right now and, and you say, gosh, you know, I didn't grow up going to church um, or I'm still looking for a church. You know, I think we all agreed that it, that this isn't about comparing and, and, and whatnot, Um But what we want to do is just, you know, invite you now, Jessica, maybe we didn't invite them then, but invite you now to, to find a church, find that physical structure, because there's something about being in that physical space that removes, removes the fears, the distractions of the outside world. And it's like a big hug from God. And, and, and it doesn't matter where you are. God can love you anywhere. He doesn't just love you in the church. We're not saying that, but it's such a, um, earthly reminder and, and physical space to go in. And I just, um, I, I just see so many people out there that are, that are hurt, that are hurting and doubting. And um, um, I'm going through this book right now, Jessica called restore. And I know you have the same book in front of you. So um, it's by sister Miriam James Hydland. And Jessica and I have both had the honor and privilege to hear, yep, there's hers, um, to hear her speak in person. So when reading through this Lenten book, it's like her words are just coming to life out of the page. Um, and there's one particular section in the book, The Captivating Love of God, when she talks about, and she says this, this truth roots us and grounds us in eternal love. This truth changes everything. It means that we are eternally marked as belonging to God, as his beloved sons and daughters, and that he delights in us. It means that no matter what other people do to us or say to us, nothing can change this eternal reality of being eternally loved. And Jessica, just as I, you know, think back to college and having, you know, God is my rock and having that church to go to, I just really want people to know that we're all eternally loved by him, despite maybe situations and circumstances. And despite maybe the way some people speak to us or treat us, God's love is steadfast. And it's just, it's so hard to, um, it's so hard to explain, but it's just such a desire on my heart for other people to really know and, and feel and believe that. Do you have any stories, Meredith, usually good for at least one story, if I press pressure you a little bit yeah. about um, that kind of reflects what you're saying? Yeah. Um, you know, I remember going through a really, um, dark time in my life, um, and without, you know, going into too many details. Um, and I remember sitting downstairs in my basement for three days in the dark and just feeling so alone and just, um, it was me and God. It's like, it seems like when all every, you know, so I'm in this room, lights are off and it's dark. And I'm just feeling like I'm at, I'm at a dead end. Um, I don't know if I can go back to work. I, I just, and I could feel God there. Right. And I knew he was there with me. And, um, fortunately I'd been taught that and I heard it, but I don't know if I'd ever been challenged to that degree to dig in and experience it. Um, and so I remember just thinking, you know, God 
is my rock and God is here and he will not forsake me. And it's, it's so hard to process that when you, when you're so down um, and in the dumps, if you will. But um, fortunately um, with the, you know, a loving husband that I have in Mark and friends and um, you know, people rallied around me and I was able to pull myself out of that space and that, and that hard time. And, and along with that, Jessica, I want to say, um, as you and I talk, it's like, we're trying to be his hands and feet. So, so people might say, well, Meredith, I don't hear God. It was like, okay, fine. He's my rock, but where is he? Well, he is in the form of people too. So, so keep that in mind. You, you go into that physical building. Um, I, I feel God there. I, I spend time with loving people, faith-filled people. I can see God in them. Um, so just really, um, being open and, and surrendering and saying, when you are hurt, you know, renouncing that lie, you know, I got to throw this in there too, Jessica. Um, when you and I attended this healing the whole person. So it's a shout out for the healing the whole person workshop put on by the John Paul II healing center. Um, we have a tendency, Jessica, I'm, I'm seeing this more and more as I, um, in, in adult women, you know, that's a lot of women who I'm working with right now. Um, these lies that we'll tell ourselves and they taught us, they said this, um, we need to, in the name of Jesus Christ, I renounce the lie that I am unloved and unlovable. You could say something like, I renounce the lie that I am alone and that no one understands me. I renounce the lie that if I trust, I will be hurt again. I renounce the lie that I am, you know, ugly, worthless. And then we can flip the script in the name of Jesus. I announce the truth by the virtue of bapt baptism. I am a beloved son or daughter. In the name of Jesus, I announce the truth that God is my rock, Jessica. It's right here in the book. In the name of Jesus, I announce the truth that God is my rock, my fortress, my deliverer, and my protector. In the name of Jesus, I announce the truth. Um, and so I think, you know, I, I know I'm really rambling here, going on, Jessica, but our spiritual challenge is, can you identify three, and this is rhetorical to you, Jessica, but can you identify three lies that you play in your head? And can you renounce those lies? And can you switch them over and say, I announce the truth? Because the truth is this, God loves you. God is your rock. He's all of our rocks. Whether, you know, whatever your, your spiritual path looked like then versus now, just we are here to tell you that he is your rock and he's, he, he is here. Um, and if you're looking um, for focus and you're feeling distracted, um, I'm going to put a little plug in, you know, maybe it's, maybe it's time to find that church, the group of people that are make, that are making God's space. It's the people in the church. Yes, it's a structure, but it's the people that make the structure. There's just something about that church community that um, they can, you know, display God within, you know, themselves. So that's, that's what I have on that, Jess. Great. No, I want to just unpack that a little bit more. So the the lie that the lie or lies that we should renounce, and that's the challenge this week, is to write those three lies down. I think, and tell me if this if I'm on the right track, but those are kind of the biggest, almost like our biggest fears in life. Like, mm -hmm. so think about like what is your biggest fear in life? And I think you know I'm not worthy is a probably a right. common. Right. I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy that Jesus Christ died on the cross for me. I'm not worthy of that. That's a lie. That is a lie. And so it's kind of like you name it. How does that go? You name it to claim it, claim it. And then you, and then you, and then you claim the truth. So the lie, you know, name the lie in 
you know, black and white on your, on your notepad mm-hmm. and say and announce the truth. I like, I like that feeling of that announcing the truth, mm-hmm. not just writing down the truth, write it down and announce it because that means that it is, it is true. And it's hard. I, when, when we were at that conference, I remember, you know, being in the church and looking up at the crucifix and, mm-hmm you know, with my, I think this was my, them with my eyes closed too. I can't remember, but anyway, like picturing myself looking into Jesus's eyes and saying, or looking mm. up at the crucifix and saying, you died for me, like mm. I'm not worthy. It's like, no, Jesus Christ would have died just for you. For yeah. One. Is that it? It's so, it's so powerful. And, and I love that. And again, you know, we were in that church and in that, in that, just that sacred space and just the, just the feeling of like, wow, I'm sitting here telling myself I'm not worthy for love yet. I'm looking up at the man who, who died just for me. He died just for you. And it is, it's hard to understand, but I think with this challenge, just like grab three, three lies that just aren't true. And, and you talked about fear, Jessica. Yes. (laughs) We, we are afraid to put ourselves out there for fear of rejection, fear of being told we're not enough because uh, unfortunately, you know, many of us have maybe been told that, um, but it's not the truth. Right. Um, or maybe we've been in- directly told that like um, because we weren't the fastest runner or we weren't the smartest kid in the class, you know, maybe we just kind of created that lie ourselves. Like, well, I'm, I'm dumb because I wasn't as smart as her or I'm, I'm I'm just kind of a loser because I I'm not as fast. I worked really hard, but I obviously didn't work hard enough. And then we start um, putting our identity to these external things, and then we come up with this crazy story that we're unworthy and we're we're not enough. When right there in the Bible, over and over, um, we're told we are. So I think that's all. That's all good stuff. One other, uh, can we have a challenge 2.0 or something? Or yeah, challenge? sure. <laughs> Just talking about church and thinking about my college experience, uh, maybe a challenge is e- to either find a church to go to this weekend, or if you go to church, invite somebody to go with you this weekend. That might be a, a great way to share your faith and give somebody else the gift of inviting them into your church. Maybe they're afraid. Maybe they don't think they're worthy, that they're enough to go into God's house. And you inviting them could be a powerful sign to them that that they are welcome. They are wanted there. Uh, that's really beautiful, Jessica. I, I love that challenge. And honestly, it's like the only reason I think we wouldn't invite somebody to attend church with us is like, oh, we don't want to make them feel bad or we won't. Well, I'm sorry. You you invite someone to church. Why would they feel bad? <laughs> would or, you like to join me? <laughs> or, or the rejection, the fear of rejection. What if sure. they say no? So maybe oh, just yeah. share briefly about you recently had an extra ticket to our retreat and what did you do with it? Well, I asked 10 people if they wanted to go <laughs> and they all said, no, they all said no, but they all said no lovingly. They Thank you for th- And this is what I heard. Thank you for thinking of me. Oh my gosh. Next time. Wow. That was awesome. I wish I could have gone. Wow. Maybe next time. Um, and that wouldn't have been me a year ago, but because my word last year was invite, I've learned I just have to, if my intentions are good, I have to not worry and be attached to the outcome, but the power is in the invite. And it felt really good to invite those people. And honestly, I did not feel personally rejected. 
at all. And it was last minute in all fairness, but, but yeah, thanks for that reminder. Um, the power is truly in the invite and, and not to be attached to the outcome. Doesn't. Yeah. I think they were thrilled to be asked. And maybe the next time a retreat comes up into their realm of existence, they'll think, Hey, I, I wish I could have gone. Yeah. I want to go to this one. So you've planted a seed too, which is, I think a powerful thing. So if you invite somebody to church and they say, Oh, I can't go this weekend. I'm busy. Don't, don't take it as a personal rejection. Um, just the power of the invite. Well, and Jessica, you know, let's take it a step further too. And, 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 um, so that challenge, or maybe just the challenge of talking about your faith. It's like, how many people are, you know, scared to even talk about their faith. And and yet how many people are sitting on their side, other side, just wanting to know Jesus more and um, just share the truth, share the good news. You know, Jesus died for you and he, he rose from the dead, you know? Um, and it's just something that I think you and I are both growing more comfortable with and, and really renouncing the lie that, oh my gosh, if I, talk about Jesus, I'm going to offend somebody versus I announce that I really want other people to know him. And it's, if it's going to be, it's up to me to, to invite, to share um, with the person that might be hurting right next to me. Um, so I think that's, I think that's there too. Oh, give thanks to the God of heaven for his mercy endures forever. I don't know. I just love these talks, Jessica. I just feel like you know, if it's just us two and no one else even hears it, it's like, I just feel myself coming to life during this desert time of Lent and um, just, yeah, what a time to reflect. Um, and I'm just so grateful for Sister Miriam and her her words. It's just so powerful. You know, she right. wrote, I was going to say, even now as I write these words, the captivating love of God is so stunning to me. I mean, can't you just hear her say that, Jessica? And this is why prayer is so foundational. Prayer hears, heals our relationships with God, not on his end, but ours. Prayer is not mere words. Prayer is life itself. This is why we pray without ceasing. It's like, oh, I just love that. So Jess, I think I think that about wraps it up here. We're Wednesday night. Um, usually we're hitting Friday mornings, but we had some things coming up. One, one week ago today, we had just skied our first Berkebiner experience. And we were so grateful. It was last week because it was like 50 degrees warmer than it is today. <laughs> so we yeah, are. It worked out in our favor. All right. Um, well, we're talking about God is our rock. Um, I just had a vision of um, putting that saying on my mirror in my bathroom. Mm. God is my rock. God is my rock. Waking up to that every day. And oh. then I had a vision of getting an actual rock. And painting it on there. You could paint it on there. You're handy. Maybe I'll. Yeah, well, and I could get you some rocks. I'm married to the rock man. So I, if you need some rocks, we got plenty to share. All right, Jess, um, who's feeling the prayer at the end today? You feeling it? Or I'll pray. Feeling? Okay, pray. let's do it. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Dear Lord, thank you for this time with Meredith and our listeners to talk about how God is our rock. As we tend, many people, many of us, myself, try to navigate life on my own, try to figure out my life on my own, try to have that, I don't know if you call it conceit to, I can figure this out. Help us to rely on you, God, on your steadfast, never-ending love for us. 
help us to connect with that love through conversations with others, through going to church and help us to announce the truth mm. that we are worthy and that you do love us and that we, we are enough. Mm. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. That's so good. Flowers and Holy Spirit. All right. Thanks, Jess. Thanks everyone.